because God calls us into the hard. He calls us to walk into the mess. He calls us to calls us to walk into the chaos or into the dark or into places where people are hurting or abandoned or abused. Uh, and we are called to release our comfort, to sacrifice our time, our money, our resources, our best life energies to invest in people who are in need. And so. Alrighty. Hey, you guys. Hey, gals. It's Christy Young with the Gritty Gospel. I'm super excited to be here with you tonight. Uh, my time. It's late and I'm getting to focus and use my creative energies. My house is quiet. Uh, My kids are in bed and I'm excited to spend some time with y'all. Today, I spent some time with several dear friends who are walking in uh, pretty significant suffering. Uh, And I can't help but imagine, you know, I, I think about the culture that we live in, that our children are being raised in. And, you know, it's a culture of promotion of self, marketing of self, you know, defense of self, really, in every way we market and propagandize ourselves and cast ourselves in the best light. And I feel like that's true um, to a great degree, I don't know, even among church culture, which is super discouraging to me. And so I think about if I, I made a list, actually, of the people that I know in my life who are suffering and what they're suffering with. And some of those things include, um, I have a good friend who's a person in their family just tried to commit suicide. Um, we, there have been losses of children, uh, spouses who have passed, uh, marriages that are failing, parents who are suffering, moms who are dealing with illnesses and diseases that prevent them from even engaging really in the act of motherhood uh, in the ways that they like to, um, raising kids with special needs, uh, marriages again that are suffering and where there is great division, kids with parents who abuse them, you know, kids that need to be rescued, kids that are in foster care, uh, kids awaiting adoption, uh, parents who are living paycheck to paycheck and just hoping that they can put food on the table for their kids. And then I think about another friend of mine who has taken her mother into her home to care for her at the end of life stages as she has just been diagnosed with a stage three uh, illness. And so, you know, hard diagnoses. My father, just like many older men and women, has lost his spouse. And so now he's walking through life alone uh, with the Lord, but alone in terms of, uh, you know, having lost his best friend. And so there are women who are miscarrying kids, people who are recovering or trying, struggling to recover from drug abuse, drug addictions, alcohol addictions, food addictions. I mean, if literally, I bet we could look out into are a pool of people at Walmart, at Publix, at Kroger, and they're all suffering with something. And I can't help but think that, you know, we are, as believers, we are called to be in the trenches, to bear one another's burdens, to encourage, to speak the truth in love. There is a huge call for believers to get to work, to love on the least of these, to love on the poor and the orphan and the widows, to bear burdens with those in the body of Christ that are suffering, to help the widows who have lost spouses and best friends, to help 
kids who are suffering with bullying and depression and anxiety to help them to see and find their identity in Christ, to come around them, to encourage them, to support them, to mentor them and disciple them, to come alongside moms and dads in hard marriages or in marriages where one or the other of the spouses have stepped out. And so, believer, sister, my encouragement to you is to get to work. We have we live in a broken world and there are tons of broken people with a lot of sin and suffering and obstacles and trials that they're facing. And if we are not currently drowning in our own trial, trying to keep our head above water, then man, we need to be about the business of helping others who are in the trial, who are in the trenches and who need encouragement and need people to rally beside them. And then my encouragement too is that for the moms and dads, new parents or parents that are taking on foster kids, adopting kids that come from broken places with great trauma and they are suffering in the quiet where no one hears, no one knows, no one sees, not really, or the little pieces that people see as you come out and do life, man, is just a 5% of the magnitude of what you're dealing with. The Lord sees you. And But my encouragement in this podcast is to encourage and challenge you as sisters in Christ to look for those in your congregation, to look for those in your neighborhood, to look for those down the street, in the homeless shelter, uh, down in Celebrate Recovery, everywhere, to look for people everywhere who are suffering and need someone to stand beside them or to help them as they're trying to get out of a hard place to come alongside them, to bring them meals, to help support them in any way that you can, to bring to light their value, their worth, who they are, that they've been created in the image of God by God. Uh, Just to encourage someone, go to encourage someone and give sacrificially of yourself, of your time, of your resources, of your money, of your life's energy. That's what I call it sometimes when you give all of your, like your, you give of your spirit, you give your nature to invest energy you know, your sweat equity into someone else, into another family, into a marriage, into a child. We need to be about that business. So as we have dear friends or we ourselves are walking in great suffering, I think that we need to address it head on that the scriptures talk about directly our walk with suffering, that because we are followers of Christ, we will necessarily suffer as we lay down the lives we had planned for ourselves to pick up our crosses and follow Christ, that we are guaranteed suffering and that it's not bad. I mean, it is refining and sanctifying and really, as scripture describes it, it Uh, the Bible describes it as beautiful, that it's really going to refine us and sanctify us and mature us into uh, people that look more like Christ, people that are more righteous and more holy uh, than we were yesterday as we continue to press forward uh, to labor and strive for the gospel, just like Paul admonishes us to in his letters to Timothy. Uh, Paul Man, Paul suffered. He's such a great example of suffering. One of many in scripture, uh, someone who is aiming to go out and share the gospel, to be someone to encourage believers, to speak truth to other believers, to encourage baby churches and uh, larger bodies of people who uh, desire to follow Jesus, but especially in the first century church, we're learning how to do that and what that looked like. And y'all, 
I just, we are being sanctified, heavily sanctified as we are called to walk in suffering. And it's making us less selfish. It's increasing our patience. In the book of James, chapter one, verses, verse two, it says this, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And I can't, I am encouraged by this, that we are in general, as humans, we would not consider it joy to engage in trials, to suffer under illness, to suffer with the loss of children or parents, or and as we wrestle with death and disease and uh, miscarriage and um, I don't know, just suffering of all kinds, suffering in marriage, suffering in parenting, suffering in uh, just all types of things, wrestling with drug use, drug, alcohol abuse. I don't know, you name it. There are a million ways we could suffer. And and then to the mom and dad who are in the trenches with young children or with teenage children, you know, just in varying seasons of life where we are aiming to walk out a biblical worldview and pour into our children uh, to serve our families and our husbands and our um, in every way for God's glory, but it's hard and we are walking in suffering. Um, I know that it, it looks different for everyone, but uh, if we are believers, the Lord's not going to let us go without allowing us to walk in suffering because it is the tool that he's using to refine us, uh, one among many. But I love it that we would not typically count it joy to walk in suffering, but the Lord is calling us to count it all joy brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. So sisters, that should be something that we aim to do when we meet a trial. One of our very first, if not the very initial reaction we should have is to praise God for the trial and to ask him to help us to glean from it what he would have us to glean from it and to ask him to help us to put on joy, to actually walk the walk our trials out with joy so that we would look different, hold ourselves differently. And then uh, I just pray that as a result of that, people would look and wonder and ask, how are you walking through this trial with such joy? And that we would be able to point all fingers to our heavenly father and that he would receive glory in heaven. And then he is the very one equipping us challenging us, refining us as we walk through difficult things. Um, And so he's equipping us for the journey that he's called us to walk. And then it's beautiful when you're in the trial, I feel like you cling to scripture. You just cling to scripture. You need the truth of God's word to help carry you through the trial. And so the testing of our faith produces steadfastness. That is that is what I call like biblical grit. It's perseverance. It's being able to have resolve and to be able to stand firm, to be steadfast. Those are the products of trials and suffering that it would produce within us steadfastness and perseverance that we did not have, would not have otherwise. And let, and then in verse four, James one, four says this, and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete lacking in nothing. And so the goal, it's very evident that the goal of the trials is for our good, that the Lord would use trials. Um, Not that all of them come from him by his hand as a refining tool, but they can. And, uh, 
when they do, all of it the Lord can use for our good. He's actively actively refining us, producing in us patience and steadfastness and endurance. Such beautiful qualities in a believer um, that help us to become more and more like Christ. And those are qualities that would not be borne out in us, at least not to the degree that they will be through suffering and through adversity. Somehow it's through suffering and adversity that all of these qualities are born in much fruit in us. Let me tell you, my dad lost my mom after a 10, and then of course that's my mom. So I lost my mom after a a nine-year battle with a terminal illness. And so we went through a lot of long years of suffering uh, with my mom. And I'm so grateful for her and so grateful for the time that we had together. But can I tell you, one of my dad's verses that he clings to still to this day is in Romans. I want to read this verse in the event that it encourages you where you are. If you are walking in suffering, or if you know someone walking in suffering, then, man, I feel like these verses need to be shared. Uh, And we just, and I don't know about you, but I always need to be reminded of Scripture. That's why I believe we need to be in Scripture every day because we forget Scripture. And so it's good to wash yourself again with Scripture so that you can remind yourself and be encouraged by the Word of God every day. And then the things that we forget to be, to remember. Anyway, Romans 8, 22 through 23. Say this, for we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. And so, in these verses, Paul is saying that we know that all of creation that means all of all of what god has designed all of creation is literally groaning under the weight of sin the magnitude of sin the impact of sin the cost of sin together as if we as if in the pains of childbirth and not only creation but also we ourselves we as humans and believers who have the first fruits of the spirit we groan inwardly. So from in our most inner yearnings, in our inner spirit, we are groaning over the devastation of sin and the impact of sin and the repercussions of sin as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons. But I hope that it's encouraging to you that all of creation is groaning. We are literally bearing up under the, our own grief over our sin. You need to know that you're not alone. If you're suffering, sister, if your family is suffering, if your parents are suffering, if you, your best friend is suffering, uh, be encouraged and share this encouragement that all of creation is groaning under the weight of sin, that we are all, as we all suffer, we suffer together. We are not alone. And the Lord sees our suffering. He knows our suffering. And then he will use our suffering for our good to bear out in us steadfastness and perseverance and patience and biblical, what I call biblical grit, um, that steadfast spirit to stand firm, to have resolve, to be tenacious and courageous and bold for the Lord uh, that otherwise would not be borne out in us if we just lived a life of comfort and ease. Those those qualities would not be born. They are born out under adversity. They are forged under adversity and in pain and in suffering. 
And so, and and this this our pain and our suffering as we pick up our cross and follow Christ in our walk in this life, those sufferings and those trials and those obstacles help us to loosen our affections for this world. And that is such a great thing. The Lord actually works from within us to loosen our affections for this world, where we watch others around us who are unbelievers maybe cling to this life and aim to build up their kingdom here. That is not our desire as believers. Our aim and desire is to pass our treasures forward into eternity, to uh, store up our treasures where moth and rust do not consume and where thieves do not break in and steal, but that our treasures would be stored in heaven and that that would be, it would, that we would abound in good works, that we would aim to serve the Lord, to walk out, uh, serving him in accordance with his will while we're here. And that necessarily causes us as we walk through suffering, then we begin to loosen our affections for this world as we see the brokenness and as we watch others suffer and our hearts break over the suffering of our friends and neighbors and uh, colleagues, then we begin to see how much we need Jesus to return and to heal all the brokenness and all the sin uh, that exists in our world. And then suffering is so great too because it sensitizes us to others suffering. We it's so easy I feel like in the culture to become desensitized to other suffering because we can live in a little bubble. We can go to work, send our kids to school, then go to extracurriculars and then go home and then do it all again, do it all again and just be completely unaware of those who are living on the outskirts, those who are outliers, those who are in too much pain maybe to engage in real life so you never see you never see them in the grocery store. We could easily have all kinds of judgment calls about a person sitting by themselves at a restaurant during a busy during for on Friday night. But the reality is it could be someone who has lost their spouse and just needs to get out of their home and to be around others, to be around people and to have a good meal. And I just think that when we suffer, we begin to notice other people's suffering. And then the more that we invade places of suffering, we get to hear about other suffering. And so I just think that if we can all live out loud our suffering, as loud as we live out our vacations, as loud as we live out our, I don't know, talking about our cars or our homes or our new shoes, purse, bag, clothes, whatever it is, I just think that that would do wonders for the American church. We all need to put on blast our suffering and then look for others who are suffering and meet them there and see how we can serve them, how we can help them, uh, how we can recognize them and their suffering and how we can help be the hands and feet of Jesus to meet them where they are to bear their burdens. I also think suffering is so great too because it helps us to look forward to Jesus's return. You know, we it's so easy for us to cling to this life and to our dreams, our hopes, and our future here. But the reality is this is such a short-lived time period where we are actually on the earth that we have got to fix our eyes heavenward uh, toward eternity and then, man, work with eternity in mind. And so suffering is so great to sanctify us, to help us to look forward to Jesus's return and not to get too comfortable, too cozy here on earth. Oh, I also think it is so incredibly important that we teach our kids to suffer well. 
I know that's crazy. That sounds crazy, right? You're like, why would I want to teach my kid to suffer? In fact, I want to I want to give my child better opportunities than I had. I want to help them in ways I was not helped. I want to, you know, those are the common taglines, the common dialogue you hear parents say about their kids. They would love to give them things they could not have. They would love to teach them things they did not know. They would love to just to equip them in ways that they were not equipped. All of those are great things, Uh, but I believe that one of the crucial things that we need to teach our kids is how to suffer well. And the number one way that we do that is by modeling that for them. We need to suffer well. We need to suffer in scripture and with Christ and sticking to the things that we know are true in the midst of suffering and then clinging to heralding our hope in heaven that Jesus has redeemed us so that it wouldn't even matter what happens to us here on this earth that we will be able to celebrate and spend all of eternity with him so that it doesn't matter what comes your way because our hope is heavenward and but we've got to model our kids and it's good for your kids to suffer and I don't mean in a, an abusive way or in an, you know, in an illegal way, or I just mean, I think it's really good for our kids to be challenged in ways that make them suffer, even in little ways. Like if they, they don't get, I mean, these are simple things, but even if they don't get toys they want, I think that's great. I think if they don't get to go do things they want to do sometimes and have to serve someone else, that's great. I think that if they learn to serve brothers and sisters, and when others are sick and they can't go do the things they want to do, that's suffering. They're learning how to do that. You know, they need to learn how to serve their parents and take on a load that when their parents are sick, they need to learn how to uh, just to not always get their way. And they need to learn how to help and serve others. They need to learn to recognize the needs of others. And we just have to always be looking for opportunities that would allow them to exercise those muscles. Because in general, we live in a culture where we, I don't know, we baby kids, we coddle kids, we give them all all the things. And then, uh, and oftentimes in American culture, kids are spoiled, you know, frankly. And so I think it's just really great for our kids to learn to suffer well, you know, when they're sick, how to still have a good attitude when you really feel bad. How to still have a really great attitude when you go, in fact, to, to put on a joy-filled attitude when you go serve others, when you go help someone in need, when you meet the poor, serve the poor, when you take on a foster child and you have to be up to help mom to serve that child well. I just think that we need to get creative and look for opportunities to allow our kids to experience suffering and then to teach them how to do it well, how to do it with a good attitude, how to do it while you praise the Lord, that you even have the work before you because it's fruitful labor. Or sometimes you're just really sick and you've got to learn how to be able to have a good attitude and serve the Lord on the couch when you're sick and you don't get to do all the things you'd rather be doing. Um, Or when you have a a great opportunity to serve another family or to serve someone in your neighborhood or to serve someone in need and how to walk into those situations with joy and to serve others well, even at your own expense, at your own sacrifice. In fact, those are good things, good lessons for our kids to learn. And then my encouragement is this too. If you don't have any suffering in your life, if you don't have any hardships, if you don't resonate at all with this podcast, then one, I praise God that you're in good health and that the people that you love, that you're surrounded by are in good health. 
um, and they are not facing other obstacles. However, I do feel like it might also be a cause for examination for you because God calls us into the hard. He calls us to walk into the mess. He calls us to calls us to walk into the chaos or into the dark or into places where people are hurting or abandoned or abused. Uh, and we are called to release our comfort, to sacrifice our time, our money, our resources, our best life energies to invest in people who are in need. Have you become too comfortable? You know, would you set aside your comfort to disciple a hurting woman or to bring a meal to a widow down the street? Would you set aside your comfort to care for the poor? Or to foster a child from an abused home? You know, I guess that's my question. Have you become too comfortable? Or would you be willing to, does it shock your senses to even think of the idea of going to care for the poor? Or to lead a Bible study at a um, homeless shelter? Or to foster a child from a broken home? Or to go donate a meal to a widow down the street? Uh, to come alongside a widow, to serve them or do yard work for them, or I don't know, any number of these things, anything that would get you outside of your comfort zone um, in Christ. And so my challenge and my encouragement to you is to make sure that in some way you are feeling discomfort for Jesus. Uh, because, man, I my hope is that we all get to link arms and be with each other for all of eternity. And so, but if we are really comfortable in our lifestyles and in our daily rhythms and routines, but there is no evidence of a life of ministry or investing in the poor, the orphan, the widow, um, the brokenhearted, the least of these, then there's a problem. And we need to wake up and do something about it uh, for the kingdom of God, for our own hearts and minds, for our children's sake, for the discipleship of our kids. And so that would be my encouragement to y'all. And then it's always something I like to evaluate in myself and in our family. And then, of course, I know there are seasons for everything. But I just think that we always need to be analyzing and examining where our hearts are. And so I'll leave you with that. I just pray that if you are suffering too, and if you're walking in suffering, really, I'd just love to pray for you. Heavenly Father, God, Lord, we love you and praise you, Father. I just pray for all the women that will hear this podcast, Father, that are suffering. I just pray that you would lift them up, God, that you would comfort them. God, as the God of all comfort, Lord, would you reach down to them, Lord, and embrace them. Help them to know that you are with them, Father, that you love them and treasure them, God, and you know their story. You know all the tears they've cried, Father, and that you are with them. God, would you protect them and would you encourage them in every way, Father, and would you strengthen them, God? Give them grit, Father, and Lord, would you be kind to them um, and uh, help them, carry them, help them and carry them through this trial, Father, and would you use the trial, Father, in every way to produce in them steadfastness and patience and perseverance, Father, all these great, beautiful fruits, God, would you allow them to be born out in these hurting and suffering people? Father, we love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, ladies, I will see you next time. Love y'all.